0: Welcome back to the Root Issues Podcast, where we're gathering around the table to bridge the generational gap and discuss the root issues of our culture. As always, I'm Brian Matthew, and with me is Pastor Steve Woodrow and Pastor Chris Henderson. And we like to be here every Wednesday as kind of your midweek jolt to kind of recap what was talked about on Sunday, but to dive a little bit deeper. Uh, And so this past Sunday, uh, Steve, you were talking about the oh where is it the expe- experiencing the blessing of revelation the book of revelation right we're diving yeah. back in after diving some in. awesome mm-hmm. guest speakers the last four weeks yeah uh, but do you want to just give us a little recap on that uh,
1: yeah we're we're diving back in um into this series of revelation I, I hope that everybody uh that's listening and uh, will just dive in with us next Sunday we're in chapter seven and we're just going to work through this book, this chapter six that we covered this last Sunday. This is where most people bail out, you know, uh, in their mm-hmm. study of revelations, where it starts to get, you know, the heat goes up and it gets more complex with all the prophetic language, you know. Uh, but it gets more exciting and uh, challenging to for interpretation to understand what's going on. But um, we dive, we dove back in with this idea, I kind of did a full overview to get us back into chapter 6 about experiencing the blessing of Revelation, which is, again, it's the only book in uh, the Bible that comes with a written blessing to those who um, read it and embrace it. And this is from the, verse 3 of chapter 1 of Revelation. John says this, Blessed um, is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it for the time is near." And um, so we just talked um, uh, about this idea of, what does it look like to live under that blessing? Like, what does that mean? Uh, You know, what does it mean to, well, read aloud, we can get that part, um, and to listen, uh, you know, try to have ears tuned in to God, and, and to keep meaning I've, i'm holding on tight this is my hope so uh, we just looked at two three primary questions around what that looks like to live under that blessing the first one is this idea of are we growing in hunger to hear the word of god uh, and uh, we talked about this idea of being a prophet and our identity in that and so this book is is a book of, of prophecy but we know in the old and in the new testament god's desire for all of us is that we would um, be prophets meaning not some crazy you know a high office like elijah or something but that we would operate with ears to be tuned into what god is doing not just in our life but tuned into what he's doing that we can be a vessel of blessing right and this incorporates the gift of prophecy but it's bigger than that and this idea of listening—you can't, you can't be a good prophet if you're not able to listen, right, in a very healthy way to the word of God. It begins with diving into His word, and so embracing this book, studying it, and asking God to really speak to us. You know, and uh, so uh, part of this blessing is for those who do is that this identity piece of what it means to be a prophet—someone who hears the voice of God and someone who brings forth the word of God, the good news. Um, the next question is uh, tied to this blessing, right, that um, Revelation gives us. And, again, this blessing is is reiterated, again, the last chapter of Revelation in chapter 22. But the next question, the second one is, are we growing confidence about the gospel of Jesus Christ? And this important idea here is this idea of confidence. Are, are we growing in confidence in what Christ has done for us, especially as we see the time uh, coming is tough times come no matter how long it's going to be and we have to remember what we, this promise says as the time is near and people go wow well, look it's been 2,000 years blah 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 well remember what the scriptures say a day is like a thousand years right to God so in other words his timeline is perfect but we, what's clear in the scripture is we're to live like tomorrow is the day right that kind of expectation right in faith and this idea of the confidence of the gospel of Jesus um, this really fleshes out this identity piece that God calls us a priesthood of believers and to learn what it is to be a priest. That's a big word, might be scary to some, uh, misused, right, obviously, but priest is simply somebody who ministers to God and then ministers God to the world. And uh, that's what we're all called to do. And so this idea of, but we cannot carry out that wonderful aspect of what God's called us in called us into this partnership uh, unless we grow in confidence about the gospel and we'll talk a little bit about that as we get into the text in chapter 6 when it comes to understanding the fullness of the gospel of what Christ did in his first coming but he's returning in chapter 6 says when he returns it's now with justice and with wrath and to bring an end and a finality and Uh, bring justice right to this world the third question is this idea of are we growing in hope about the end of the world so this blessing says those who keep this blessed are those they will live under god's favor and have a huge blessing in their life and this blessing is the hope will rise as we embrace god's word about the future where things are going and um uh, this idea of the end of the world is not something um, that should be scary for a believer. We have confidence mm-hmm. in who God uh, has for us. And that the the identity that's tied to this that should grow under this blessing is this understanding that we're pilgrims, we're exiles, we're strangers in a strange land. And this is foreign, right, to many of us here in America who haven't lived, quote, in exile like uh, the Jews in Egypt, like the Israelites in Egypt, and uh, in, as well as in Babylon, as well as the early church in Rome. Um, as a minority that's kind of oppressed. Well, that's where we're headed. Mm. And, uh, and that's where the majority, by the way, of believers in the world today live under that kind of feeling, very much strangers, exiles, persecuted. And uh, this idea of a pilgrimage, right? All through the scripture, we're citizens of heaven. So um, those three things, wrestling into this new year, of wrestling with those those aspects of my spiritual development, they, these three things are promised, and many more. But these three main ones of our identity uh, will grow, right? When we mm-hmm. obey, right? What this says, what this promises, if we read aloud, in other words, we hear it, we speak it, we learn it, study it, all that good stuff, and we tune our ears in, right? What is God saying now, today, for me, through this, for my culture, my environment? Um, as well as hope, right? For that, this is my. I have hope in this that God yeah. has everything in His in, in under control.
0: Mm. Yeah. I know. I love just the idea when you talked about hunger. Uh-huh. For me, I'm like, okay, like, how can I be more hungry for God's word? And uh, you know, I I love God's word. Obviously, <clears throat> I'm not the best reader. I mean that. My mind goes in a million different places. So I thought about it in actual food. (laughs) Uh, When you talked about, okay, like if God's word is like the best thing I've ever eaten, which is a lobster roll from Chef Bob's Lobster Trap food truck in Colorado Springs. Oh my gosh. And I had to think about, okay, if, even if I'm full, if I'm eat whatever, I will always make room for that. Right. And that for me should be like God's word. Uh, But it it always tastes even better. Like your favorite food tastes better when your stomach is empty, when it's the first thing you, you eat. And great. so for me I'm like all right how do how do I be more hungry like let's let's chew on the, the God's word first before I listen to anything before I hear yeah. anything it's great uh, yeah. which is pretty cool um but yeah uh a question for you Steve as we diving diving back into revelation yeah uh you know pastor of children and families here um how would you say we we go about presenting this to maybe listeners with young kids, maybe, you know, it's great. To, to pursue this without watering it down mm-hmm. uh, because I want them to be hungry for the work. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, so many ways, children are more
1: capable of handling these issues, the end of the world, God's, you know, than, than we are. Their imaginations are not corrupted and mm-hmm. shut down like ours are. Um, they have a greater capacity. And what did Jesus say? Unless you're a child, you, you, you will not yeah. enter the kingdom of God unless you become like a child, right? Like a child again. And uh, that we have to be creative, we have to be in awe of what God is doing. And this book should create awe, it should create wonder, it should create excitement, it should create right interest and creativity, all those things, imagination, and uh, all those things that God created in us. So I think that we bring this to, uh, there's nothing in here that um, uh, that shouldn't be brought to our children yeah. and talked about and wrestled with because... Um, it, it, there's plenty of stuff to wrestle with chapter six it's the beginning of uh of, of the the um seal judgments so we see here jesus starting to take the seals off the scroll that was in the father's hand uh which is the scroll of the end times when are things going to come to an end how is it going to justice and the new heaven the new earth going to come together um the kingdom of god come to this earth all those things how is the <clears throat> unjust going to be judged and all of that god's wrath being poured out some heavy duty stuff and and god's people redeemed and uh um brought together in the marriage supper of the lamb all these beautiful things but chapter six is jesus starts popping the the seals he goes through six of them and uh and it just gives the the seven the first uh part of this is the famous four horsemen this comes from Zechariah chapter one and uh, these are things we've seen throughout history, but we know these are things going to be even more in greater measures, right, in the end. As far as the white horse and the great conqueror, who we know there will be an Antichrist, we'll get more into that as we get further into Revelation. Peace will be taken from the, from the earth, red, uh, the red horse representing obviously bloodshed. We have a problem in our world, obviously. Uh, we've never been able to get away from that. The black horse, uh, which is faint, which is um, inflation, which is poverty, famine, all these things, fourth, the pale horse, pestilence, <clears throat> famine, all these things that we've seen as taste throughout the world, but they're going to be birth pains. We should be looking at those things with a view right towards, wow, there's a problem here. we need a solution, <clears throat> right? We need a savior ultimately. And uh, and then we see the re, um, the redeemed underneath the in the fifth seal, already in heaven, and um, the sixth seal, the last one here, it gives um, this picture of the end. you know, just the world crumbling. and before um, the lamb returns, right to bring ultimate justice. Now, uh, what's important, and we'll lay this more out as we go is that we have, these seven seals the last seal the seventh seal opens up the seven trumpet judgments last trumpet seventh trumpet opens up the seven bowl judgments and each of these basically are in a different way communicating a different aspect of all the things that are going to happen right as the end comes and um and we'll get obviously more into that but that's the general outline is we're not dealing with like you know complete different judgment it's all headed towards the day of the lord as the old testament talks about when god brings all this um to pass but there are many things that will happen right leading up um to that time
2: i mean when i look at it you know one of the things that just really resonated with me was just that statement of like the gospel is the solution for everything yeah. You know, in the sense that, you know, right now our culture today is just very much like boom, 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 boom. We have to be our best answer. And I think like for the Gen Z, for that younger generation that's like in high school, middle school, they really want to find the answers. I know Ambler is very much, she doesn't care how she gets there. She just wants to know the answer, <laughs> yeah. you know, in a math equation. That's why she loves math because it's so solid. It's so stable. And, and you know, just knowing the answer and it is. It's almost like trying to change the culture, to as things continue to vamp up towards the end. That the gospel is the answer. Jesus is the answer, and that you know we as followers of Christ, though mm. we're foreigners here, we have the answer, and we can direct and point more people to that peace, yeah. more people to that. And so, yeah. yeah, just growing in confidence for God's gospel and mm. then all He has done for us. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, so uh, chapter 6, just this chapter alone yeah. is going to challenge somebody to the core when it comes to their confidence in the gospel, Yeah, because immediately we have it ending with the wrath of the Lamb, the wrath of mm-hmm. Jesus. When was the last time you heard a, sum, a sermon or a study on the wrath of Jesus mm-hmm. rather than the love or grace of Jesus, right? Wow. Most people would say, well, there's no such thing as he's love, he's grace. No, this is when he returns. John three sixteen. he came the first time not to judge the world, but to love the world and bring salvation. When he returns returns the second time it's the wrath of lamb it is to bring justice right to a world that has rejected him and uh that's heavy duty stuff right and so unless i understand the, the cross take things back have the confidence in what happened at the cross that it, it wasn't just his forgiveness of my sins it wasn't just him right forgiving me it was how he gets there is he took the wrath of the fight he took what i deserved and what the world deserved right for sin the wrath of god poured out on him in that evening uh, or afternoon on the cross and uh, uh, we could dive deep into that right but that's the fullness of really understanding wow what my Lord has done for me and um, uh, the book of Revelation is going to really flesh out the, the do I yeah. it, it hold John 3.16 as well as Revelation 6 can I bring these together at the cross the fullness of what the gospel is and grow in my confidence of that um, uh, because today the tendency is just to hang out you know, uh, on the love and the grace side, which yeah. is uh, awesome. I mean, that's the good news, right? But it, it, but that comes not without um, the wrath part, right? right? The justice part. We can't have a loving God if He's not just.
0: Without know? the wrath, would, would we need the the love and the grace and the you know the cross and John 3, 16 right. If there was no, you know, in, in the end, the prophecy of there's going to be the wrath of the Lamb, yeah. then why would why would we rely on Put our faith and hope in in the cross and what what that yeah. meant for us.
1: Yeah, and and I think this this last see, the at least in chapter six, the sixth seal is shocking. I think for me, uh, and it should cause us all to to to, uh, um, the core of our being right be be disturbed in the sense that in the end all these things are going to happen and and the people on the earth at the time will say you're calling out to the mountains rocks fall this verse 16 of chapter 6 fall on us and hide us from the face of him who's seated on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of the wrath has come and who can stand Um, rather than crying out for mercy in other words, so what we see here is that just the ceiling that, uh, that people, even facing just calamity, judgment even, is that they would uh, rather go to their deathbed rejecting and their eternity, right, without God it, it is an unthinkable thing, you know. Uh, but I, I think this is important for people to understand, if, and I've said this before, but if, if we don't want God in this life, right? There's not going to be the switch once I die. Oh, now I got, I want you. Mm-hmm. That this is one of many passages in Revelation shows that, no, if I don't pursue him and desire God in this life is my eternity is sealed. And uh, that that's, that's just the truth of all of, of scripture here. And uh, it should rock us to the soul, to our depth of our soul to uh, really realize, wow, where's my hunger right for God in, in this? And my confidence back to the gospel of knowing Christ and the good news of that assurance and hope with that.
2: Well, I mean, I, I don't want to like make fun of it, but I mean, it's like, you know, as I try to conjure up the image of a wrathful lamb, (laughs) like, you know, like, you know, and then it's kind of like, you know, if you, if you take that and, you know, I don't mean disrespect, but I mean, it's like, I think the imagery is beyond us. And it's some of the lies that the culture through the thief has fed us. Like, we do not understand the consequence of our sin. Mm-hmm. Our sin has been so devalued mm-hmm. because of grace mm-hmm. and the the teaching of grace and the love Then we can we don't have a full image of who jesus is yeah. we don't have a full uh, we don't have a full image mm-hmm. of justice, mm-hmm. and our world has like just tainted that as well like skin. i mean yeah, I heard right. today like you can't be criminally charged in the state of California for theft unless it's over nine hundred dollars <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just get, you know, just walk into Walmart, make sure the TV that you're taking is only eight ninety nine. Hey, I, that's you okay,
1: because, you know, all the thieves will just move to California. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. You know yeah. but I mean,
2: it, but, it, but, it, but it's like, you know, we don't have a sense of justice yeah. and how to bring it in our own, and we're right. supposed to be our best answer. Exactly. And then to see a lamb as vengeful, and, and so. Well,
1: it, you bring up an incredible point on both points. One yeah. is that, you know, the idea of the, what you just brought up. Well, that's lawlessness. Yeah, and we know Jesus. So, this was very clear. In Matthew twenty four. As the time comes close, you will see an increase in lawlessness. Yeah. And what we what we've seen, seeing, our policy, our directive, direction as a country is towards lawlessness. Yeah. Our cities and everything else, we are actually creating it. Right. I would say globally. Um, yeah, that's too. a spirit. That is a actual yeah. spirit that's at work right in our culture. The other thing you brought, which is absolutely critical, right in scripture, is the idea of, of a wrathful lamb. Those are yeah. those are contradictory terms yeah. so you have the sacrificial lamb so back to what we said the confidence in the gospel that what happened at the cross is you have these two imageries of Jesus you have the lion of the tribe of Judah mm-hmm. oh I like that one. And, yeah Right. <laughs> but you also have the suffering lamb the yeah. sacrificial lamb he's both yeah and both of those things happened at the cross he conquered mm-hmm. right sin and death for us and all eternity and um, uh, and at the same time, he also was the sacrificial lamb, right—the perfect Passover lamb to cover and to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Yeah. And this is exactly why John uses this in in the two previous chapters, chapter four and five, in the throne room. Is you have the lamb who was slain; he still has wounds, right? So this is imagery. I mean, I don't think there's—it's actually a lamb. Again, everything is yeah. imagery to get us to think. He's the suffering servant. He's the yeah. one who fulfilled Isaiah you know, 53 and others, right, to be the perfect superhero as mm-hmm. such, right? To so save the yeah. world and to save us. Um, and, but both, I have to embrace both of those yeah. things, right? I have to embrace, yes, the lion, you know, the, the lion of the tribe of Judah as well as the, the, yeah. the lamb, meaning I have to embrace his love, his grace, as well as his wrath that yeah. he brings justice to.
2: I mean, and I think that's where C.S. Lewis hit it with Aslan. You know, we see the lion being sacrificed, not the lamb, you know, and then we have this imagery of when the lion raises up and seeks, you know, justice for, you know, it's a lot easier to see an angry
0: lion than an angry lamb. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm excited. There's a whole bunch that we can dive into, but Steve, where, where are we hidden? Next, what do you
1: want? so? The, chapter six ends with this: people crying out, you know, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb, and and you have people who are not willing to call upon Jesus, you know. Uh, and I, I think, well, for me, that's just a motivation of love, right? Today, for each of us, just in people we know, is is to increase our passion to right, engage people, you know, to plead with people to consider Christ and the yeah. good news, right? Um, not to reject that. And uh, and it, and they cry out and they say, for the great day of the wrath of the Lamb has come. Who can stand? Well, chapter 7 we're getting ready to get into is fascinating, tons in there, and it answers the question, who can stand? And so yeah. those who are sealed of God, um, and it, it ties a lot of the, who are the people of God from the old and yeah. the new together. Uh, And it starts with this scene of the sealed 144,000 and ends with the the innumerable people up in heaven and the kingdom. So it answers for us who can stand and what does it mean to be sealed and what has God done throughout history between the Gentiles and the Jews? In other words, the church and Israel. Some big, big questions that are critically important for us to understand. And people say, oh, that's high, lofty theology. Uh, It's actually critical, right, for us to understand our inheritance as genuine sons adopted in sons of abraham under the covenant promises of god as second corinthians says all of my promises are yes, yes. in christ jesus um, that we can lay hold of so we'll uh, dive into some of that next week
0: awesome yeah, that's exciting well if you haven't listened to this past message uh, it's on our website on our youtube channel as well uh or here we would love to hear from you if you have any questions comments prayer requests we're going to be here every wednesday Uh, for your midweek jolt. You can email us at rootissues at ccaspen.com. Otherwise, you'll tune in next week for another episode of Root Issues.